So we're, we're glad you guys are here. We're, we're here to have some fun, and we're also here to make huge decisions for God. And in All In, I've talked about two things that have led us to this point. If you're visiting today, today is uh, very much a family day at our church for us to go all in financially so that we can do something great together for this community and honor uh, the heart of God and worship him and serve him with our lives through this church. Week one, I talked about how important it is to build a building, not because I have a vision for a building, but because what happens in a building is God's word is shared. It's actually spoken. And our vision at 514 Church is to give people God's vision. So uh, put that up on the slide there. Our vision is to share God's vision. And what happens is, is when God's word is spoken, what it does is something, it's supernatural, God's word is powerful, it's living, it's active, and we're called to speak it. And when we speak it, what God does is through his words, he changes people's hearts and he changes people's minds and he actually gives them direction for their life. So people are walking in darkness. We're a 514 church. When the word of God speaks, it's almost like a light is being broadcasted over people's dark lives and then they can suddenly see. They can see who they are. They can see who Jesus is. They can start to live a life that God has called them to live and be a part of his family. And so we're doing this to give people God's vision for their life so that more people can hear what we talk about in here, what we talk about in small groups. And then week two, I talked about tithing. And in tithing, there's a lot of tension around this, this idea of giving. But when you make it more simple, when you understand what the Bible teaches, you understand that tithing is really about a relationship with God. And that the the quintessential passage in the Old Testament that talks about tithing and bringing in the tithe or 10% of your resources or your income, bringing it into God's house, what God is getting at in that passage is we have a broken down relationship and I want to restore that relationship and have a great one with you. And one of the aspects of a great relationship is a thriving giving idea. It's when giving is reflex, then, then it's like, oh, okay, this relationship is thriving. And so God wants us to jumpstart our relationship with him through giving. He wants us to maintain our relationship with him through giving because it is a hallmark of having a wonderful relationship with God, giving is. And so I'm just excited today because I, I just can't believe that there's so many people that are interested in going all in for God. Even in, in the world that we live in, I'm just so excited that there's still people like you guys who really want to do something that matters, do something that's bigger than yourselves, to build God's house and not just your house, you know, to build God's kingdom and not just your kingdom, to go all in for God. Um, we, we live in this amazing state of Ohio, and of course, we've gone through some crazy things in terms of the sports world. Um, obviously, there was this horrible moment years ago when LeBron James left Cleveland and went down to Miami, and he kind of went trophy hunting, and he went down there, and he won his two championships. And then, of course, he wrote this big letter, and he came back to the land, and then after one year there, he won a championship with Cleveland, which is just like a miracle all in and of itself. You can say that out loud, and it's true. But like the king came back, you know. The king returned, and then he got some players around him, and they won a championship for Cleveland. And I mean, to be honest, that's like enough right? That's like victory. And LeBron James is at the end of his career, and 
This year has been kind of a weird year for the Cavs. They've, they've not done great. He brought in some of his old buddies to try to upstart and jumpstart the team, and it didn't quite work. And so in the month of January, LeBron kind of got to this place where, you know, it's like he's almost going, I don't know, I don't know what, what to do about fixing this, but there's a lot of, like, him sitting on the bench and sitting down. And some of it is like I could see that like towards the end of his career, looking at his team now, going, this team's not going to help us win. This team's, and he's going, I've already won my championships. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I don't know how else this is going to work. I'm just going to sit down, ride the bench. He actually like, he, he didn't ride the bench, but he like didn't play as much and he had bad statistics. And I think he just got to this place. He's like, dude, I did all I can do. I did all that I can do. I did everything that I can do to win championships, and I don't have a supporting cast. And in order for me to do this, you know, I need a supporting cast. And so what you saw in in the month of January is you saw LeBron sitting down. He was just sitting down. And then what happened is, like, he got his championships. His team wasn't giving him any promise of, like, winning more. And so right towards the trade deadline, they made some big moves to bring in some younger, taller, faster, better players. And they made a big old move. And now it was like, ooh, maybe, maybe this team could rally and win more. And it was like one of those things where, okay, so now LeBron is getting excited because he knows he can win championships. He's done it already. But now he needs someone else to come along and see what they can do. And maybe if someone comes on the team and does something great, it could reinvigorate LeBron. It could make the king get excited. And actually what happens is that these new guys who perform at this next level are like so invigorating to LeBron that it gives him a new level of energy and he comes off the bench. And in one of his uh, first games, I think the first game with his new players, something happens towards the end that gets him excited when Jordan Clarkson scores a point. Here's a video, watch this. Hood tried to save it, Abdel Nader can't save it. Corbett throws it ahead to Clarkson. Clarkson, quick catch and shoot, got it! Oh. Clarkson from downtown, it's 104-75. This is, this, is, this is the king is excited, right? Like LeBron James is called the king. You know, he is the king, right? LeBron James, King James, he's the king. And someone scores, and after he's done his victory, after he's won his championships, he's now looking to go, who's going to be the next one? Who's going to do something that gets me excited again? Who's going to do something that makes me stand up? that makes me come off the bench, that makes me feel that energy again, that makes me proud. And you see him going like, oh, oh, Clarkson, Clarkson, yeah, man. If we have people like that, if they do that, if we score like that, if we have people engaged that way, then I'm excited again. That's what I'm all about. In the story of Scripture, hard turn to Jesus. Jesus, after he won his championship on earth, the scriptures say he died, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. And the Bible says this, and this is so cool. After his victory, after his championships, you can almost see him just like, whoop, landing in heaven. The scriptures say that he walks over to the throne and he sits down. The scriptures say that Jesus sat down. As if to say, All right, we did it. I'm done with what I can do. I've set you all up. 
I gave you the Holy Spirit. I kind of view it like it was like this trade. I mean, it was a couple days in between, but like Jesus goes up there and then like he hangs out with the Holy Spirit, high five, and then the Holy Spirit goes down. And he's like, I, I became the way, the truth, and the life. I've given you the Holy Spirit so you guys can win this thing. I've shown you what to do. I've taught you what you need to know. And then he sits down and he's sitting there going, who's going to win the next championship? Who's going to lead the way now? Who's going to do this? And could you imagine that if we, as the church, did something that makes Jesus stand up, that makes Jesus jump off the bench and go, no, 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 oh, yeah, they're doing it. Look at them go. They're scoring. They're shooting. They're winning. We can win with these people. I did my thing. I'm sitting down. But when I see performance like that, when I see engagement like that, when I see commitment like that, when I see enthusiasm like that, when I see sacrifice like that, I'm about to stand up. I see Jesus like in the crowd with his like frat bros watching us play, like going, oh, like climbing all over each other. Whoa, I just fell off the stage. I mean, like I just see it. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. I see him up there like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're going, this is crazy. You, how you doing, is, is this your seat right here? Why don't you sit down? You're missing the best part. I'm just kidding. Listen, Jesus, Jesus gets excited and makes him jump off the stage when we do certain things. Don't you want to be a part of making Jesus stand up? Here's what the Bible says. Amazing story. Amazing. The book of... The book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles right after Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ministry. A guy named Luke who studied, writes a story about a guy named Stephen. And this is so cool. Stephen was a deacon, a servant of the church. Anybody grow up in church and hear the word deacon? Deacon, that's just servant. The first ones, the apostles, the followers of Jesus, they said, we can't wait on tables anymore, so we've got to go and find people to wait on tables while we preach and lead and pray. And so Stephen, like, is this guy who is full of wisdom, full of the word of God, and they pick him to be one of the servants of the church. What happens is, is he's such a great servant and he's such a great speaker and he actually has supernatural powers that all of the leadership of, of Jerusalem gets scared because people are following him and he's making such a great impact that they basically build a coup and they lie about him and they trick him and they take him before the Sanhedrin, which is the judgment council in Jerusalem. And they put him before them and they, they brought him there under a lie that he's blaspheming and causing a ruckus. So Stephen stands up and has all these things that he says, and he talks about the person of Jesus in such an emphatic way with this impression of Jewish history and what it all really means, that they get so upset that they, they basically say, you are going to die for this, and they sentence him to death by stoning. And what happens is, as soon as Stephen is done speaking, in this chapter, in Acts chapter 7, as soon as he's done speaking, the scriptures talk about how his face started to morph and change and look like an angel. And the author of the book who studied these events, he says when Stephen was done talking, that his face started to look like an angel and he looked up into heaven and it, 
the author says, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And then it says, and Stephen went on to say in front of the Sanhedrin, he speaks this. He says, I have seen heaven open and the Son of Man, say it, standing at the right hand of God. Stephen then goes out and is murdered through stoning. He kind of gives himself up before it's all over, but essentially he dies. And in that process of him giving his life, the king jumps off the bench. The king jumps out of his chair and goes, look at Stephen, man. I just got up here and he's going after it. He's giving his life for me. He's laying his life down for me. He's going all in for me. And when you go all in for Christ, it makes him jump, jump. It makes him get crazy. Don't you want to be a part of moving Jesus Christ off of his chair? Don't you want to just do something with your life, with your time, with your resources, that in the big picture, God, who sees all, knows all, is the creator of all, that when he looks at it, he goes, now that gets me excited. Now that is what I wanted you to do. Now that is what this is all about. Don't you want to make Jesus jump? That's what this is about today. Because when we make Jesus jump, it means we're all in. And when we're all in, we're building the kingdom of God. We're doing what he told us to do. And man, when we go all in, it's like God goes, yes, the message got across. This is working today. This is happening because of people like Stephen, just a servant, just a deacon, just a, just a normal person like you and me, just, just someone that's willing to go all in. A couple things about Stephen that make Jesus jump is this the first thing, is that Jesus became so proud of Stephen because Stephen was the first martyr. And Stephen made Jesus his number one priority. And he was the first one. And so Jesus is sitting down on the throne and he knows that he's given this grand scheme in the midst of this hostile environment and that it's gonna, they're going to be persecuted and that, that they're going to have to decide if what they really believe is true because their lives are going to depend upon it. And as soon as Stephen is willing to say what he's willing to say and put himself in harm's way, that means that Jesus is first and that Stephen is willing to go first. That Stephen is the first one. Think about it. Lots of people have died in the name of Jesus. Lots of people have given their lives. People are dying in this century, in this moment, in this month, in this week. People are still dying for the name of Jesus because they believe it to be true. But when Jesus stands up because of Stephen, it's him going, that's the first one. He's the first man the message got across. This guy knows that I'm God. He believes that I'm God. He wants people's lives to be changed, and he's willing to go all in. You see, when we talk about our finances, there's huge emphasis in the Old Testament about first fruits, about giving the first fruits of our labor, about going first, because God's ultimate goal 
is that you realize who he is and make him number one in your life. And you make God number one in your life by giving your first fruits every time you're paid. You say to God, I am all in. I'm giving it to you first because my house and my comfort and my food and even my family is not as important as you are to me, God. You're number one. I wouldn't have my house, my food, my comfort, and my family if I didn't have you, so you get the first fruits. Jesus' heart comes alive. The king comes off the bench when we make him first, and we go first. Another thing that makes Jesus jump off the bench is when we make a sacrifice. When we make a sacrifice for him. Not just the first thing, but something that hurts. Now, this is not something we like to talk about. I mean, all of us are in the process of finding comfort. But you know what? We all realize that if we want to win, if we want to do something great, we have to pay for it. We have to feel it a little bit. You want to be good at your job, you have to pay the time. You want to be, get in shape, you have to go through pain. You want to change your diet, you have to feel it, man. It, it, anything worth doing has a little bit of sacrifice and pain. And that doesn't change when we talk about the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is looking and going like, who's going to go all in? Who's going to feel it? Who's going to understand this message? Because I went all in and I felt pain and I died and I felt and I was wounded for you. I was broken for you. I don't even have to feel this pain, but I know I have to because if I don't, you can't. So I'm going to die for you, take all the pain, and then will you follow me? And will you give your life to me and whatever that means? And so Stephen is that guy that's like, I'm making a sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice. You wonder why? After it says in many places that Jesus goes up into heaven and sits down at the right hand of God, that this moment didn't make him stand up, it's because he went, yes! That's what I want to do. LeBron standing on, the, on, on the, the sideline watching, sitting in his seat, watches someone else do what he can do, and he goes, that's a piece of it. You do that, and you do that, and you do your part, and if we all do that, we can win. Who wants to win? That's why we're here. That's why we're here, and it's going to take every person in here looking at their finances, one particular area, it's all areas, but this particular day, looking at your finances and going, I'm willing. I'm willing to hurt a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to tithe, but if you tithe and it doesn't hurt a little bit, it doesn't cost anything, man, that's not the heart of God. The scriptures talk about the widow who had hardly anything giving everything being closer to the heart of God. She already hurt. She gave it all. She hurt more because she loved God the most. My challenge to everybody in here is, do you want to make Jesus jump? is you're going to have to feel it a little bit. He loves that. Now, again, clarify, that doesn't make you, make you more valuable to him, make you more lovable to him. That's what moves him. That's when he knows he had the impact that he came to have, is when we're willing to lay it down. The, the scriptures show us that Stephen's sermon is one of the most elaborate. Go read it. 
in the book of Acts, one of the most elaborate, beautiful sermons and longest sermons. He's good at talking. He was great at saying things and provoking people and tying together the person of Jesus with Old Testament history. Beautifully done, he does this sermon. And we all might read it and go, whoa, like that guy knows a lot. He's just a deacon and he knows all this stuff. But that's not, that's not what makes him, you know, make Jesus jump. What makes Jesus jump is not his sermon, it's his sacrifice. It's the pain, man. It's the feeling, it's the ability to say, I'm gonna do this. Going all in makes Jesus stand up and cheer for us. And that's how I see it, right? That's how I see it. I see him going to the edge, the edge of his chair. He wants to cheer for you. Go all in. Now, now here's my, my challenge. What if? What if? Because I, I'm not naive, you know, us going all in financially, and even if it hurts a little bit, like, I don't necessarily think that if we go all in financially that that's going to make Jesus jump off of his throne. Now, probably it will. It probably will. If everybody really did that, he might go, whoa, look at that, and jump up and go, yeah, uh-huh. Maybe just a little clap for us. But my real vision of this is that he's sitting up in heaven, and he's watching, honestly, people like Curtis, and he's watching people do some dramatic things and, and, and really kind of th these people that have this shift of like the present life fades away and eternity gets bigger. And he kind of, he's like, wow, I love it when people see the kingdom and see eternity more than they see what's right in front of them. And as that, as that idea gets closer, I think that's what gets God excited, people willing to, to see the big picture and go. But I do believe this. I believe that if we go all in, I believe that Jesus Christ in heaven would just turn his head and just nod and say, I see you, 514 church. I see you. I see what you're doing. I see you going all in. I see you giving in. I see you being sacrificial. I see you making me first, and that matters to me. And that's my heart today. Would you guys join me in just turning the head of God to look down and say, there's the light that I said it should be. Go and do more. Go and reach people. What if what you did today by giving, by just giving of your finances, by being obedient and also being a part of something beautiful, what if you changed someone's life for all eternity? Do you understand that's what hangs in the balance? That when we put brick and mortar together with steel, it will create doorways, and through those doorways, people will walk who don't know God. Real people who don't know God, who are sitting at home right now in hell because their life is weeping and gnashing and broken and blind. Or someone who's just indifferent, and they're just indulging in the things of this life, and they have no idea what life is all about. And one day, life will hit them in the face, and they'll go, Man, why did I waste all that time? Do you know that right now, that person's life could be changed by what you do today? And that maybe you could impact someone for eternity by giving today? When Stephen died, the scriptures say that it caused a great persecution. It caused all of the church to have to scatter. And while we may look at that as bad, what actually happens is because of all those people have to get scattered throughout the nation, in their wake, in their behind them, they created, they were the trailblazers to take the gospel to those nations. So they were cast out that way, but then they brought the message with them. All because someone was willing to go all in. 
Stephen goes all in, the church goes all out, and people's lives are changed. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? Who doesn't want to be a part of that? That's the message. So today, we're going all in. Today, we're going all in. And man, if you're new today, like this is what we, we believe. And so if it's a spectacle to you, that's fine. But if you're a follower and if you're part of the 514 Church family, I'm sitting across the table from you one-on-one and I'm looking at you and I'm saying, you should do this. You should join me in this because this is eternal and this matters. And as your leader, you should trust me because I am looking at something that's changed my life, it's changed your life, and we need to go all in. And it's not just... It's not just us in the room who are going to be impacted. It's, it's, it's people that are not here yet, and that is so exciting. That is so invigorating. But guys, we have, I mean, we've told you the stories. You've, you've heard from of our partners. I mean, we're excited to go all in, and it just keeps on going. I would like to just, just have you watch something for a second. We took some time with our students. <laughs> People should be all in because them donating will help affect other people's lives inside this church. 514 is awesome. I love 514. And if more students could experience what I've gotten to experience, that would be so cool. People should go all in because we can provide a space for people to come and learn about Jesus. High School Nine has been such an amazing change in my life. The best relationships I've ever had in my entire life, and I've grown closer to God. I want people to go all in so we can have a space to utilize for the student ministry and so people can grow closer to God. I want everyone to go all in in this church so that people like me can come here and learn more about God. A building to me, I just want to have that for other people. And if there was somebody out there who could give them that opportunity to find the Lord, I would want them to do it. I think people should go all in so that we can build a building because a building is more than just a place where you just do things. It's, it's a community. It's where you hang out and it's where you build relationships. People should be all in because 514 has been a huge life changer for me and I just want that for other people as well. I think we should build a building because it impacts kids' lives. So the student ministry has affected me a lot. Like I met Jesus when I came here for the first time in like eighth grade. So I just think having a building would draw in so many more students. My life has been impacted. Tons of my friends' life have been impacted. This church has set all my values and beliefs and everything I'm gonna get ready for college. So be all in and invest in kids' futures and just yeah. It'll make more people want to come to church because if they have a better place to come, then you can invite more people. We'll have comfortable chairs finally, and it'll be pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? This church has affected me in literally all areas of my life. I came here for six months and then I accepted God. And if we had a building, it would give us more space for students. And I feel like it would just bring a lot more people to the church. People should be all in because this place has given me a home, it's given me a family, and I want that experience for other people as well. So these kids, I mean, they are the heart and soul of what we're doing here. And they're not just asking you to go all in. These kids lead the way and they give. They actually give. When we did our first round of We Can't, we had uh, the students commit to somewhere in like the $15,000 range, just students to giving. Just from their working their jobs and their summer jobs and their allowances and giving all that. But I mean, this is very real. We, we have a student here who loves 514 Church so much that 
a couple of weeks ago, they came up to one of our leaders and they handed him this. This is a special student at our church. And on this, it says, all in, to 514 Church. And it says his name. And then it says $500. A high school student said, I have been saving and I am going to give. Now, I don't. I am absolutely certain. This right here makes Jesus stand up. I am. I I believe that we as adults, as leaders in this community have to get serious about what we do with this extravagant time and resource that we have. And if we don't do something that matters, we're going to miss what God's going to do through students. The students are not messing around anymore, man. They want to be active. You see what's going on in Florida and the way students are leading the way. Good for them. That's incredible. Students are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. Parents, if you don't get on board with reaching this very, very special generation, then we will miss the heart of God. I want you guys to think bigger than yourselves, to think like this student, to give first, to give sacrificially, to do it because you're genuinely in love with God. Our church has been Our church has given so much. Our church has done so much. There's so much greatness in our future if we can all be in unity today. In 2015, our church committed $5.6 million. That's what was committed. In over two years, $5.3 million was given. $5.3 million. That's about $3 million more than the previous 24 months. Incredible growth over two years to give $5.3 million. Because of that, we were able to buy ground. We own that ground. We put a million dollars and have more than a million dollars into that ground. That's us. That's we. That's what we did. That's incredible. And for us to break ground, for us to do that, we need committed to 514 Church over the next two years so that we can rock this world for Jesus and make him jump off the throne. Ah, it's supposed to be funny. Y'all want to know it? <laughs> we need 4.4 4 million committed. I hope that when you see that, you feel like, oh, we are going to jump all over this thing. We just gave 5.3 over the past two years. We need 4.4 to break ground committed. I mean, you know what this says? It says you guys are all in and all you have to do is write it down. It says you guys are already all in and you are ready to pounce. 
It says you guys are ready to build this building to put it on a corner of Hamilton Road in a dark, dark world and that you will decide today to shine light into this broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so my heart is for you to go all in today. And here's what that's gonna look like. I want you guys to grab these cards off of your, uh, your chair. There's an envelope and there is a pen on the clipboard. We're gonna put this card up here and I just wanna give you some quick instructions on how to make your commitment. If you've already made a commitment, just write it down again and come forward again the way that Kevin instructs you to. If your commitment is changing, write down what you wrote before and then write your new number just so we know and we can contact you if we're confused, but just tell us, just come forward anyway. But here's how I want you to think about this. If you're making this commitment today for the first time and all in, or if you're recommitting, you've done it before, I want everyone that's committing to make a, a like an actual presence, a, a trip up forward here to actually write something down. For example, just give you quick, keep it simple, stupid direction. Let's say you make $40,000 a year. If you were gonna give a tithe of $40,000 a year, $4,000 a year over two years, then you would put $8,000 down. Over the next two years, I'm gonna tithe 10% times two, $8,000, and you're gonna sign and date this. You gotta make sure that you do that. Now, if you um, have some other ability to give from your savings or stock or stored resource, here's how I want you to think about your number. For example, in this scenario, if you made $30,000 a year, but you wanna give from your savings 2,000 or stock or whatever, then you would write down $8,000 because you're gonna give your tithe and that's six, and then your additional amount from somewhere else is added into the total. We need one number, and that number should represent what you plan on giving over two years, however that's made up, whether it's part of your regular giving, or stored resource, or stock, whatever it is, just put the whole amount in there. So if you're thinking, I'm gonna tithe 10,000, but I'm gonna give a big chunk, like 20,000, then you would write down $30,000, because that's all coming in over two years. So guys, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say a prayer. We're just gonna align our hearts. And then you're gonna have a couple minutes to just stay in your seats. And please just sit there and pray. Just sit quietly. And then Kevin will come forward and he's gonna lead you and he's gonna actually invite you to stand and not come forward yet. Do not come forward until Kevin says, now you can come forward. He's actually gonna lead you in a little singing while you're standing. We say this a little bit emphatically because we often have people come forward when we didn't tell them to and so if you do that we're all going to make fun of you so just wait till kevin tells you to come forward and uh in the meantime sit pray talk with your spouse pray with your spouse ask god to change you and move in you and do something today that makes him jump out of the throne let's pray father in this moment We come to you in the name of Jesus because you've given us access to you through dying on the cross and raising from the dead. You've given us the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace, a place to find mercy, a place to find help. And Father God, we ask right now as we look in your face for you to help us to go all in the way that you went all in for us. We ask that we would just see you there We would see your love. We would know who you are. We would know who we are. And then as we 
move forward today and as we write down on this card that we would be willing to let that number represent a heart that is willing to go first and willing to feel some pain in giving so that you can know that we're all in. God, we know that it's worth it. We know that this calling is so much bigger than ourselves and we know that right now we see through a glass dimly and one day we'll see face to face. We know that we're dealing with present day struggles and afflictions but one day all the pain and all the tears will be wiped away. Father, we know that. In the meantime, we need you. We need you as we come before your throne to give us your heart for people. God, use this moment in the power of Jesus' name have everyone in this church go all in so we can get a bunch more people in as well. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name.